in today's show. We're recapping all of the news and all of the action from Thursday in the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Only the three games for us to talk about today, so we're not going to be going anywhere near as long as we did yesterday, but let's cover off some news. The news on Lonzo Ball is not particularly good. There's some damage to his meniscus. He's going to have surgery. Conflicting reports of four to six weeks or six to eight weeks. Let's go six to eight weeks, I reckon, with meniscus and knee surgery. We're talking middle of March return here probably for Lonzo, which is start or middle of your fantasy playoffs. You are Look, if you have a free injured reserve slot, you put him in there. If you don't, you kick him out. Like, I don't think you can deal with an absence of that long. And then again, when he comes back, he's not coming back and playing 35 minutes straight away and playing every game straight away. So unfortunately, he's been great this year, but the uh, the time of Lonzo Ball being a must-hold player for fantasy leagues, I think you just got to get, get rid of him. Now, it does complicate things that there's no Levine and no Javante Green at the moment. Caruso is back, but we're going to probably get, keep getting Kobe White and Ayo Desunmu Starting, I think Desunmu, White, and Caruso are all 12-team league options. But as Levine comes back and then Green comes back, there is going to be drop-offs there. Who's the first guy to drop off? I think it's going to be Desunmu. Because yeah, Caruso, we know what he does. He'll get his 28 to 30 minutes. White will probably push up and get around 30. And Desunmu will go from playing 38 a night. He'll probably push back and get 30 or 28 or 27. He's shooting... His numbers, Dasumnu, they're actually astonishing what he's doing at the moment. Because this is a guy, much like um, Herbalife Jones in New Orleans, who in college was not a good shooter. Like, he was not putting up um, the sort of numbers that would be... That would tell you, yeah, he's going to be this guy. But he is shooting some crazy, crazy numbers. And I get the feeling that they are going to crash and that they are going to crash pretty hard. That is the extent of like how high up they are at the moment. Just bring them up now to have a look at them. And just, just gives you an idea. Like, yeah, yeah, add him. Look, I think Kobe White, Caruso, and Desunmu are 12-team league options for now. But Desunmu, across his time in college, shot 51% from two. He is at 60% this year. 60% for anybody who's not like a I'm a, a dunk-only center is an, a crazy number, and it's getting better. He's at 71% from two in the last 25 games. He shot 26.6% across his four years in college from three. He's shooting 46% from three this year, and that's up to 48% from three over the last 25 games. Somehow he's doing this while shooting almost 20 percentage points worse from the free throw line. So everything he did in college means absolutely jack shit, apparently, now that he's in the NBA. None of it makes sense. Bad shooter, solid free throw shooter, and now he's a bad free throw shooter with outstanding three-pointers and two-point finishing numbers. 
None of this adds up for Desumu. And that's why I feel that maybe there is an improvement in his free throws, but the 48% from three is going to drop and drop hard. The 70% from two is going to drop and it's going to drop hard. And I think that what the problem might be is we'll get him in increased role and we'll see those numbers just disintegrate and he looks dreadful in terms of overall fantasy impact because he's been propped up by these numbers which are unrealistic. Maybe I'm 100% wrong. And maybe he just continues to be a 40-plus three-point guy, a 60-plus two-point guy. Maybe that continues. It seems highly unlikely for literally any guard to do that, let alone a guy like Desunmu. Um, But yeah, you know, the long and the short of it is, yeah, he's a 12-team league guy, as is White, as is Caruso. But I'd prioritize White and Caruso ahead of Desunmu personally. Cam Reddish is apparently ready to return any day now, but still no timetable. So, yeah, you can pass those two things together and try and figure it out. And the uh, the answer you come up with is no idea. Like, that's where I am with that. No idea when he comes back. I still don't know how he's getting 30 minutes a night, to be honest, given the ups and downs and backs and forwards of that rotation. And I don't think he's a must roster 12. Don Mitchell, Kyle Lowry, Norman Powell, and Bogdan Bogdanovich are all out again tomorrow. Just bear, bear that in mind. So, you, Joe Ingles gets the boost. You, um... Uh, Winter Soldier, Max Struess, and Gabe Vincent get boosts. Anthony Simons gets a boost. Um, DeAndre Hunter and Kevin Herter get boosts in Atlanta. And the other one, Paul Millsap, apparently is going to be traded. He thought he was going to be playing a significant role in Brooklyn, I guess. And he's not. He's just not part of the rotation. He's looked really bad most of this year. And they're going to try and find him a new home. That has zero impact for fantasy. But yeah, Shams tweeted it. So I guess I should mention it. Let's look at the top ads in fantasy over the last... 24 hours. We'll start with Onyeka Okongwu. Clint Capella is questionable. Bogdanovich is out again tomorrow, as I said. Capella is questionable. And when Capella comes back, Okongwu is going to lose all value. But he's been added in a lot of spots, and, and that's fine. He should have been added as soon as Capella went down. Uh, people are coming around now, and there's value there until Capella is out, until Capella returns, sorry, and then the value will drop off, I'm guessing. Justin Holiday, great stream for today. And with all the injuries there, solid enough value. Kemba Walker, well, didn't work out too well today. But again, yeah, solid enough as a 12-team league guy. Desunmu pushing up there. Biombo, I don't think there's much value in adding Biombo. Chris Duarte is a solid ad. Aldridge is a solid ad. Cameron Payne, Jay Crowder, they're just streams for today. And then Terrence Davis. As long as Tyrese Halliburton's out, Davis has value to be a 12-team league guy. After that, I don't really see how that's going to happen. Let's look at the top drops. Omer Yurtseven, down 19%. Yes. Nasir Little, Otto Porter, drop both of those guys. Porter will be back tomorrow, but it's an 11-game day. PJ Washington, Trey Lyles, Gary Harris, Cam Thomas, PJ Tucker, Terrence Ross, and Faku Kampazo. If you have any of those guys in 12-team leagues, I think they are all drops, and that would you know, be reflected there in those um, percentages and the fact that they are some of the most dropped players. They should be the most dropped players, so if you do have them, go ahead and move on from them. I'm going to move on to tell you, though, that Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue towards the second week of the NFL playoffs. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all of the best sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year, and they've got a new updated desktop site, and you can also go to the mobile site. And when you do this, sign up, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and get a 50% welcome deposit bonus. From basketball to football, the NHL, boxing, UFC, or right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait and take advantage of all of the great offers available for 2022. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet Online is where the game starts. Let's look at that first game of the day. The New Orleans Pelicans beat the New York Knickerbockers. 
embarrassing stuff for the Knicks. They have been embarrassingly bad basically the entire season. Just horrific to lose this way. They did mount a little bit of a comeback at the end, but still shit house. The big thing, I guess, to come out of this is Brandon Ingram. Hurt his ankle, played only 27 minutes, was not able to return in the fourth quarter. He never went back to the locker room, but went to the bench, took his shoes off, and never came in, and then will be reevaluated back in New Orleans. They don't play, I think, until Monday. So we've got a little bit of time there, but that is a worry. If he is out, they're going to probably start Garrett Temple, and that's sure, like, fine. It boosts a little bit of the value for Alexander Walker. It boosts the value for Devontae Graham, for Josh Hart. But the guy who's going to get the minutes boost is probably going to be Temple or maybe even Gary Clark. Um, Jonas Valanciunas, he was yeah, pretty strong in this game. Jonas Valanciunas. 18 and 10, two blocks, 73%. That's great. While Herbalife Jones continues to be great. 11, 4 and 4 with three steals. I didn't think that uh, life, I didn't think that Jones would be able to continue what he was doing. The three steals continue to be great and his ability to shoot is amazing. Fred Vincent, best shooting coach in the world. He used to be Chip England. I think Freddie has taken over there. Uh, big minutes for Jonesy. And again, if Ingram's going to be out, we don't know when Zion's returning. If Zion's returning, Jones has got a pretty stable role. I've talked about this guy a couple of times, but I thought, now he really announced to himself today that he's solid. Jose Alvarado. 20 minutes, 13 points, four assists, four steals. This guy has Patrick Beverly fantasy upside. And that's not slander at all. Patrick Beverly is a really good fantasy player. It's going to take something to change, but he played 20 minutes and Devontae Graham played 28 because Alvarado clearly outplayed him. Now, Alvarado has taken over the backup job for Thomas Sadaransky, and that's not going to change. In deeper leagues, I'd add Jose. 20s, 18s, 16s, I'd add him. His steal ability alone is there. And just watch Graham. He, we have to resign ourselves to the fact that Devontae Graham is going to be a terrible, terrible field goal percentage guy forever. It is just not going to change. He shot 31% again here and had one assist. As for Graham, Jack, oh, should we Jack? Should we? Should we? Yeah, no, nah, maybe not. But maybe. He's not good. He's 129th ranked player this year, Devontae Graham. He fits certain teams. But if it doesn't make sense for your team, do not feel any absolute devotion to hold him. You don't have to. He can piss him straight off. But Alvarado, really impressing. If I was the Pelicans, and I am not, and they have done everything opposite to what I'd done basically over what I would have done over time. If I was Willie Green, I just like, let's try it out, mate. Let's see. What we, I know what Devontae Graham is. A bottom end starting point guard. Maybe the 25th best starting point guard in the NBA. Maybe lower. Let's see what Alvarado's doing. I like what he provides more. Josh the Hitman Hart, 17, 7, and 4. Good numbers apart from the bad free throws for him, while Nikhil Alexander-Walker continues to be horrific. 4, 3, and 4. He has taken so many steps backwards this year, and I, I, I don't know. I was relatively high on him. Not as high as others, but also I still was pretty high on him this year, and he has just shit the bed at every single turn, and he, does, he honestly just does not look like an NBA player at this point. For the Knicks, their guard rotation is just always going to be a mess. Kemba Walker. Hello. Five points in 21 minutes. He took five shots. What the hell is that? He played 29 last game. He's all over the shop. Um, I think he's fine to have as a 12-team league guy, but not a must. Fournier, the disease scrotum, went from a big game to scoring six points in 25 minutes and shot 25%. This is why these guys aren't must roster. They're, they're fine to add. They're fine to have, but move on if you need to. And then quickly played nine minutes last game, played 23 had 14, 5, and 3 with 3 steals, 2 threes. Now, he's an inefficient shooter, but he's the guy that I want to see them give that role to, but they're just not going to. Alec Burks. I thought I was done talking about Alec Burks. Alec Burks. 
23 minutes, 13 points. Of course, he shot poorly, as he always does. But some signs of life. You know, quickly, Burks, Grimes, Walker, Fournier. If all of those blokes were sitting on your waiver wire, I would look at it and go, yeah, it makes sense, actually. That's fair enough. And if you rostered them all, I go, I get, I get it. Like that, They're just all over the place. Quickly, maybe not so much. Mitchie Robinson, 17 and 15. Really good game from Mitch Robinson. And Mitch Robinson says, I'll take it from here. Well, the Rowan Barrett, Barrett problem was there again. This is almost the stereotypical RJ Barrett line. 17, 6, and 2, zero steals and a block, four of seven from the line for 57%, and then 46% shooting. Bad free throws, subpar field goals, lack of assist steals and blocks, and that's why he is the 205th ranked player this season for category leagues, because he is not a good category league player. Him and Keldon Johnson are basically just yeah, equivalent to each other with people who think they're good, but don't contribute enough to fantasy leagues. Um, look, again, doesn't have to be a must-roster player. If you want to talk about shithouse, though... Um, yeah, Julius Randle, man. Fuck, that's terrible. Four points on 11%. He had seven rebounds, six assists, a steal, and a block, but 50% from the line. He's 57th for the year, 125th over the last two weeks. I'd say he's a buy low, but I'm not actually sure he is. No, he probably is, but I'm not sure. I have pause. I, ha- I have pause. He was a guy that I was happy to take around the 30s this year. And I went, he is going to take a step back, right? I had, I had faith in that. I just didn't go, I didn't lean hard enough into it. I went, Kemba will take some shots. Fournier will take some shots. He had a one season shooting spike that I don't believe is real. But I didn't, I didn't foresee this. I didn't foresee him being just actually horrendous once again. Like that contract extension, man. That is uh, not looking good. If the Knicks are just spiraling, I am sure the fans just want. They, I'm sure they just want more Obi Toppin. To be fair, they hated Julius Randle his first season, loved him last year, and they. Uh, I think they might be leaning a little bit more towards the hate this year. But he was he was dreadful again. And he's had so many of these stinking games this season that yeah, you'd have to say it's it's becoming it's becoming a concern. Has to be. This game, the Suns and the Mavericks involved two teams who were good, which is always a nice thing. Um, Phoenix wins it 109-101. Chris Paul, just astonishing. 20 points, 11 assists, two steals, two threes, and a block. 52 fantasy points. He's the 19th ranked player. He's been unbelievable. Apparently never gets injured anymore. Just keeps doing everything that he needs to do. He's been great. Booker had 28, 5, and 6. And Mikael Bridges, signs of life. 12, 8, and 6. Didn't hit a three, but had four steals. Now, we know he's been struggling. He's still, you know, I've been saying that he is a 12-team hold, and this is sort of why I don't know where it goes, but I am holding. Two games back for Cameron Johnson, two 20-minute performances. Is it the ankle, or is this back to the role that he had? Because before Jay Crowder went out for COVID, Johnson was playing 24 a night and wasn't registering for fantasy. He had 7-7 and here, 29% shooting. Um, He was great when Crowder was out. Maybe we just move on. As for Jay... Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. 13 points, three threes, two steals. Good game from Crowder. He's a solid 12-team streamer, but probably more of a 14-team league guy. While McGee played only 18 minutes and Biombo played 28. Neither of them did much. Eight and four for McGee, nine and four for Biombo. I don't think that Aiton's going to miss too much more time. And that's going to mean that Biombo and McGee, their 12-team league appeal, is off. Yeah, you stream them in for today, that's fine. And then you can move on. Landry Shamet, one of the worst players who people think are good in the NBA. Zero points in 10 minutes. 
He just is really, he's not very good. And I think Suns fans uh, would be agreeing with me uh, on that at this point. Percentages. Back to back for KP, 18, 11, two blocks in 32 minutes. Excellent stuff. Or Doncic had 28, eight and eight. Now, unfortunately, Doncic was bad at 39% from the field and 73 from the line. That's a real issue. But he has been much better, and he is now up to 17th for the season. And if you do some punts, he, he works his way back into the top 10. Um, copped a whack in the head and looked to be hurting his neck, so let's see where that goes. 35 minutes for Brunson, 19-5-1, a must-roster player. Well, Kleber, I thought Kleber played well on court. It doesn't translate to fantasy at the moment, so probably not even a 14-team league guy, but 9-5 with four assists. Timmy Hardaway, not a 12-team league player, 11 points with three threes. He's rostered in far too many leagues, as is Dorian Finney-Smith, who had five and six in 32 minutes. And if you're holding on to those guys, I'm certain that on your roster, they are your worst player. And therefore, you drop them and you stream in other guys and you take flyers on guys and you take a flyer on someone like the Dart, Goga Badadze, or your flyer on Chris Duarte, or you just take chances on guys rather than holding these blokes whose upside is really extraordinarily low, I think, for the rest of this season. I'm going to tell you guys about Built Bar. Do you want to know about Built Bar? What is it? It's the best tasting protein bar ever. We're here in the new year. And hopefully we all want to take care of our body. We want to be healthy. We want to lose some weight. We want to get ripped. We want to get shredded. We want to rip the seams of our t-shirts. Our biceps are bulging that much. So maybe we do that instead of the traditional old protein bars, which taste like garbage. Get ones like Built Bar. Not ones like Built Bar. Just get Built Bar. Because Built Bar tastes like a candy bar, but it doesn't have the sugar. It doesn't have the fat. It doesn't have the calories. In fact, these bars are just 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar, but packed with 17 grams of protein. The taste, oh my God, the best. Cookies and cream, the best taste you get. Coconut, awesome, mint, pretty good. Orange, raspberry, strawberry, salted caramel. Limited edition flavors coming out all the time as well. So head to built.com right now. Use our code LOCK15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and get yourself 15% off of boxes of Built Bar. Built Bar is built different. So let's go to the last game of the night. The Indiana Pacers somehow win. They're like 17-point underdogs. Against the Warriors, they win it on the road in overtime, 121-117. The Pacers were without DeMontis Sabonis, who's going to miss more games with his ankle injury. They were without Karis LeVert and Malcolm Brogdon, which feels like they were just sitting out because it was a back-to-back. Um, so they started the big fella, the dart, Goga Badadze. Problem with my Gogomobile. Gogomobile. No, not the dart. Not the dart. Now, he was ejected at the start of the fourth quarter. But he had 13, 9, and 5 in 31 minutes with a block. Now, he was shithouse with percentages. But I think you've got to add him. Again, this is what we said, you know, that with the back-to-back coming up, if you did add him, you'd hold to see what happened. We didn't foresee the Sabonis injury happening necessarily. It has happened, but Dadze is the option. The ejection was ridiculous from his, on his behalf. Like, you got dunked on, mate. Like, he's got a real fiery temper, this guy. And it, it obviously comes, uh, it acts as a negative quite a bit. And comes in, tries to like yeah, subtly headbutt Gary Payton. Like, my guy, settle down. Uh, but he is a 12-team league ad for now. Chris Duarte was excellent. 39 minutes, 27, 7, and 3. Three steals, two threes. I would be looking to see whether I sell high on this. People are get get very excited about Duarte. Remember he did this at the start of the season when um, when Levert was out and then Brogdon was in and out and there was guys in and out. And he had the big minutes and the production was great. And then he's fallen off for about the last two and a half months. There was no Brogdon. There's no Levert. Those guys are hardly a paragon of health. Um, there is chances that Levert is traded. All of that is true. And Brogdon should be... Not grab, uh, not Brogdon. Duarte. You should grab him in 12-team leagues. But there does tend to be some oversized expectations on what he's going to bring. 
So I'll just inquire if I did have him to see if there's anything coming. Justin Holiday's got value for the time being, 16 points with four threes. Well, Tory Craig, another strong game from Craigie. 12 and seven, three steals and a block. Now, I only think he's a deeper league player, not a 12-team league guy, but interesting stuff. It was a good game from Isaiah Jackson too, who, who took over from Goga. He didn't close the game. They closed with Brissett at center in overtime. Uh, Jackson closed in regular, regular, rare, try again, regulation. 15 and seven with three steals is good from Jackson. But while Goga was playing, he wasn't really doing much. He's a nice 14-team streamer. As for Brissett, he's just, I don't think, very good. They closed out the game with him in there. He had two points on 0 of 7 shooting. And again, there was a 15-game sample size at the end of last season. There where he went bananas on shot huge percentages with big blocks. Carlo doesn't seem to believe in him that way. Yeah, he is not a 12 or 14-team league guy. I would rather Goga. I would rather Jackson. I would rather Duarte pretty clearly. I'd probably even rather Tory Craig with Sabonis and Turner out than I would Brissett. It is not Brissett time. I think a lot of people looked at those numbers that he put up in fantasy playoffs and went, man, he, he was a key ad for me. He's awesome. He's great. Why aren't they giving him an opportunity? He is not that good. He did have some interesting moments and there's a little bit of potential there, but he is not, I don't think, that good that it's some huge disservice that they're not playing him. So, Batadze, add. Jackson, 14 team maybe. Duarte, add. Holiday, add. But again, Warren, no, no, oh shit, Warren, he exists somewhere apparently. Maybe he returns. Um, but Brogdon and Levert have to come back still. Uh, then Turner and Sabonis, and Turner a little bit longer away. Sabonis, I'd guess at least a week. He's out for. For the Warriors, terrible loss for them. They started John Kaminga. He played 15 minutes, had five and five. Didn't attempt a single shot. He did have six free throws, and that's where all his points came from. Um, look, he was a stream option for today. But there's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be inconsistencies. He's a rookie. There is some value to holding him in 12-team leagues, I guess, while Draymond's out. I see no pathway for him to be a 12- or 14-team league guy when Draymond returns. I don't see it. Curry had 39 points. He played 49 minutes. He had six triples, eight assists. Great numbers there. While Clay Thompson continues to struggle, 12 points. He offers no peripherals. He didn't hit a three. He had two rebounds, one assist, zero steals, zero blocks. And the efficiency is a real issue. Pair that with low minutes. Pair that with back-to-backs. I, 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 don't, I don't know if it's worth having him, but he has so much goodwill in the, in the NBA community and in the fantasy community that if I could trade him for any top 100 player, I, I would do it pretty comfortably. He just is not a well-rounded fantasy player. And with the low minutes and the fact that he cannot get his shot to fall, and it will improve, I'm sure, but he's going to be rusty for a while. He's, the value is just not there. I am still holding Wiggins, barely. 11 points in 38 minutes on 33%, four rebounds, two assists, and he has not figured it out with Clay Thompson back. Outside the top 160 over the last two weeks, we go is. Again, a soft hold. Damian Lee had nine points. Bielita had eight points. Just a quick reminder, a lot of people are still rostering Jordan Poole. Jack Armstrong. Get that garbage out of here! Now, in saying that, Clay will not play tomorrow. So if you've got Poole on your roster, maybe you want to hold. But there are 11 games on. Is Poole going to be in your best 10 players? Actually, look at your roster and see whether he's worth holding. Is there a free agent out there? Like if Chris Duarte's there, if Gogo Badadze's there on the wire, I don't care that Poole is playing tomorrow. I would drop him for those guys immediately. Gary Payton, 17 minutes, two steals. That's what he is now, a steal streamer. Not a 12-team league guy, not a 14-team league guy, but a steals specialist. And uh, really, honestly, a terrible loss from the Warriors. Given the minutes load put onto those guys, Given the nature of the opponent, just shocking to lose that game. Really, really bad stuff. Anyway, lines of the night. 
The monstrous is Steph Curry. Your waiver wire is um, Tory Craig. Solid numbers. Wouldn't add in 12s. Young Gun is Duarte. Good numbers. And then the dud. I reckon he's added a few times this year. If I can't find my sound drop. I tell a man's not hot. Yeah, there he is. Evan Fournier. Your top 10 players today. Number one was Steph. Followed by Chris Paul. Then Valanchunas, Duarte, Pozingas, Looney, Doncic, Booker, Bridges, Craig. Should have mentioned Looney actually before. He's been playing really well. He had 13 and 15, 28 minutes. Now, Wiseman maybe at some point is going to return and at least eat into that. And Draymond's going to be the big impact. You can stream Looney for the time being uh, in 12s, but probably more of a 14-team league guy than a must-roster 12 as Obi tries to leave. After Looney on the list was Doncic, then Booker, then Bridges, then Craig. The top 10 players rostered in under 50% of leagues. Craig was at one. Quickly was at two. Yeah, look, they're 14, 16 team league guys. Jose Alvarado, absolutely keep an eye on him and add him in 16s, maybe 14. Jeremy Lamb with those absences, maybe. Igadala, no. Bielitsa, no. Kleber, no. Grimes, not really. Isaiah Jackson, maybe 14 teams and campaign interesting stuff, but only just a deeper guy. For your points leagues, your top 10 today, Paul, no, it wasn't. It was Curry, then Paul, then Doncic, then Bridges, Booker, Duarte, Valanchunas, Porzingis, Mitchell Robinson, and Kavon Looney. Guys, that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you are here on YouTube, thumb it up and leave your comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. You too, Obi. See ya.